All right, welcome in, buddy. Uh, latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted T and my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Braddon, screaming at my cousin Shane over here, who goes by Big Orange Balls. What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, the portal is on fire, Shane. Anybody oh. that missed it, go check it out. I had to do a, a live show on Saturday, Shane, just mm-hmm. to recap. Uh, what had really been going on on Saturday, and all them rebels, Shane, they said, oh, you better get back on it because we're going to get some more, and they were right, Shane. Portal is on fire. How you doing, buddy? Well, yeah, it's on fire for like one or two teams. Everybody else is just kind of watching what everybody else is doing there in Mississippi. But, uh, but hey, I'm doing great, brother, as, as, as long as nobody else from our team jumps into the damn portal. Because I, I, I don't know if I can handle them wearing that baby blue next year. Right. So, hey, we'll get all into it, Shane. I know the portal's like the hot topic right yeah. now, so we want to uh, give, give plenty of attention to that. But I don't know if you had seen this clip from uh, Chip Kelly kind of went viral over Mm -hmm. the weekend and it's just kind of his idea. And I know he says multiple times during this clip, I haven't given this much of a thought, but he's, he's clearly being sarcastic. He he has given this a ton of thought. It's one of the innovators of college football, at least where we're at today. So um, how about we kick it over to this Chip Kelly comment? It's, it's just under two minutes long. I want to get your thoughts on it because uh, a lot of people are are loving what Chip Kelly is uh, pitching here and his team just uh, just won a big bowl game over the weekend. What is the the biggest issue that you might have right now, whether it be realignment, NIL, transfer portal, and what would your, your plan maybe be to, to try to solve it? I think they're all a problem, and I think we need to have a conference commissioner. I think football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our, our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left... And they say, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five, and we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. <laughs> Not that I've allowed to spend a time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group and said there's 132 teams and we all share, in the, same ter- we all share the same TV contract so that the Mountain West doesn't have one and the Sun Belt doesn't have another and SEC has one and they have another, that we all go together, that's a lot of games, and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one. Instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five, you can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You do a lot of different things. But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done, that money now needs to be shared with the student-athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing, and the players should get paid, and you can get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. And the fact that they don't get paid – is really the biggest travesty. Not that I've thought about it. All right, Chase. So, hey, that's a lot of, uh, you know, some of it's unrealistic, with uh, particularly the TV contracts and things of that nature. But I yeah. like, uh, you know, the, the vast majority of what he's saying. It's time to break away from the NCAA that does nothing anyway. 
They don't enforce rules. And I don't know if you caught this, Shane, but uh, late last week, there was a, a court decision that I, I think a lot of people have not really fully grasped yet. And they have essentially ruled, Shane, to where obviously in major college football, basketball, what have you, you know, we get the one-time transfer waiver. But if you want to transfer for a second time, they can block it. Well, a court has said that's illegal because you're saying these are student athletes. You cannot block a swimmer, uh, a water polo, of uh, you know, uh, this sport, that volleyball. You can't block them from playing. So how can you block football players and basketball players? So right now, Shane, uh, as, long, as long as this ruling is, is being upheld, any player in the country can transfer an unlimited amount of times. The NCAA cannot do a damn thing about it. So that's where we're at. And that's why things like this from Chip Kelly are, are kind of gaining steam because the, the NCAA has no power, no authority. And we're seeing, again, I, I think it's great. Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC. That makes all the sense in the world. But Oregon and Washington at UCLA at Southern Cal in the Pac-10, Pac that makes no sense to me. So um, I don't know. I, I think this whole thing's about to get blown up here pretty soon. Do you think? Do you think that there should be a governing body, or do you think it should be left to the conferences? And I mean, because it seems like there needs to be some sort of mutual agreement among these Power Five conferences if if any of this is going to take place. You know, I, I'm, I'm all for paying the kids, and and I think that's where a lot of people are, are upset is with the NIL deals, but campuses making, you know, millions and millions of dollars off these, off these uh, student athletes, you know? So I, I think that has to be addressed at some point, don't you? Yeah. And again, so that's why he's saying we need a commissioner saying, yeah. you know, the SEC needs to rule over the SEC, the big 10 over the big 10 and, and on and on and on. But we can't sit here and, and have the SEC say, well, we're going to allow 120 scholarships because then the Big Ten yeah. will turn around and say, well, we'll 121. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you need a commissioner over the whole thing to where where the power brokers can come to the table and, and make rules. Because right now, Shane, the, the SEC is under the same rules as the Sun Belt, as Conference USA, as, you know, all those minor leagues. Let's call it what it is. Um, and it's just, it's illogical. So what you're saying is they need to create a NCAA, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, mean uh, I, I get where he's coming from, and there's some things that are just unrealistic. You know, I don't think uh, SEC teams should be paid the same as a UCLA team. Uh, and, and I'm not bashing UCLA and, and, and what they bring to the table, but that's kind of what he wants is just everything to be e – oh, NFL is basically what he's saying. You know, that will – you play your games in your conference and then you play AFC North or, you know, NFC. It doesn't matter, but that's the kind of rotation that you're looking for. Now, as far as a consumer, I think that would be great uh, to, to watch a certain conference go against another one. We see it in basketball now. Uh, but I, I just I don't know how realistic that can be. And, and it would take a lot of communication um, uh, among these different conferences, which we're not seeing. You know, they're, they're kind of all doing their own thing and trying to outdo the others. So, right. um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's very murky right now. But I, don't, I do know this, Mike. 
What is going on right now in 2023 cannot continue to be the norm. Cannot be, there needs to be a little bit of structure, especially with the portal, especially with the NIL. I totally agree, uh, but I, I, I just don't see it getting corrected anytime soon. All I'm trying to say is I want Cousin Shane, the professor, college football commissioner. <laughs> Come on, who would say no to that? You know what? Absolutely, man. I'll tell you what. That, I, I just – I believe it should be fair to an extent, but, you know, you created the brand. And, you know, when you look at teams like Alabama and Georgia and LSU, those 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 brands were created and, and formed over 20 hundreds of years, you know. It's like I don't know how freaking long they've been here, but you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like – you it didn't just this year say you know what Alabama needs to be the best you know or Georgia needs to be the they, you know this is something that they created but I don't think we should just give out participation awards to the you know San Diego State because they're also <laughs> in a conference you know what I'm saying so right. uh, I, I I don't know I don't know exactly what you do right now um, you, you know I think we're, we're just kind of doing it with kids gloves and, and praying to God that the wheels don't fall off this thing <laughs> uh, you you know, but when you see some of the stuff that's happening, it's it's hard not to say, hey, what does this look like three years from now when they really start taking advantage of this system? Yeah. I mean, you literally could wipe out a team. I, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you could have one cancer cell at a university and then they decide to flip and they call their buddies, their best friends, and say, hey, you got to come down here. And then all of a sudden you got six kids that, that you were – you know, planning your your recruiting around your season around, and then all of a sudden they've bounced and they're at another campus because they're they're kids, man. They're they're kids making these huge decisions, right? Well, hell, Shane, we've seen Dion do it at Colorado, and and he just got praised for kicking hundred kids off the team. You know what? I, again, what are we what are we praising? What are we? You know, I, I we're creating this monster. We don't know it, but that's that's if Dion. That's a prime example, man. If Dion was in Colorado. Dion rolled in to next next week, and he's a he's head football coach down there at the Florida Gators. You don't think that this thing would be a lot different than a lot of? It's a fun story right now because it's in Colorado. It's a fun story because he's landing a couple good recruits. Uh, you know, out of uh, just picking up recruits, five star recruits. He's got a couple of them, but he goes to a big Power Five conference like like the SEC. You know, I, I mean, you, you could, he could just. I mean, he could change everything. He could spin it on its head. You know. Yeah, absolutely, and and we're seeing a little bit of that Syracuse. I don't know how much you've been paying attention to them, Shane, but they hired away a Georgia defensive backs coach. They hired away Elijah Robinson from A and M to be the defensive coordinator. Just landed Ohio State court, so they're they're looking at that Dion blueprint. They're trying to pull yeah. it off at Syracuse. So it's only a matter of time before it comes to the SEC. But Shane, speaking of monsters being built, are you ready, Shane? <laughs> To get on that old Miss hype trade, because you oh, know I'm shit. already there. And uh, I tried to recap it on Saturday uh, real quick on, on those guys. Princely from uh, Florida, he was their top pass rusher, number four in the SEC in, in quarterback pressures, number one at Florida for for sacks. Tyler Barron from Tennessee, Tamarian McDonald from Tennessee, and uh, several others. And then here on Sunday, Shane, it was – Made official. They've been teasing this big news here. 
Juice Wells just gave Gamecock fans a little bit of hope that he may be coming back before he took that bag down there in Oxford. And hey, God bless him. And then all by all accounts, Shane, there everyone down there is teasing it. Oh, you just wait. You just wait. Walter Nolan won't be able to say no to what we gave. You know what I mean? So I think they're yeah. getting Walter Nolan. He's getting the crystal ball. Uh, are coming in from the recruiting experts. So Ole Miss totally remaking their defensive front under Pete Golding. And they're going to be the hot team, Shane. And I, I think I, you know, I try to get the hype going. I like to be uh, alone on these hype, hype trades, but I think everybody's going to be joining me unless you hate Lane Kiffin. Well, I mean, you know, this is East Tennessee, so we no. <laughs> you stay the hell out of Knoxville, Lane Kiffin. Uh, you know, obviously, it was a, a touchy subject when you lose two two of your better players and uh, two Ole Miss. But you know, I kind of picked on NIL to start this show, but this is the part of NIL I like: the fact that we are talking about the Ole Miss Rebels potentially winning a college, not just, I mean, winning a college football national championship i mean that's that's what's going to start floating around they're going to be a hot ticket and mm -hmm. rightfully so they got a ton of talent but this is that equalizer that we're talking about so it's like you talk about balancing act you can't get mad now if this happened to alabama georgia lsu would be like oh shit here we go the rich get richer but now it's happening old miss and you're saying hey this could happen to any of these teams any team has an opportunity to, to win a college football playoff so yeah, I, I'm I'm all on board. I I mean I'm not crowning them the the champs just yet, but by God, they're they're definitely on track to make the college football playoffs next year. Yeah, and don't you think that's the beauty, Shane, of NIL and transfer portal to where a team like Ole Miss, I mean, I think your only prayer, you know, five ten years ago was to kind of really identify some talent in in high school that Alabama and, and Georgia maybe didn't want you know, and get those guys in, develop them, and maybe you just have a, t a roster loaded with, like, redshirt juniors and seniors, and, and you catch a break or two in a schedule, maybe we can make a run. I mean, that that's yeah. kind of what it was. Now we can sit here and say, you know, Lane Kiffin teases he's going to leave every offseason until this year. He hasn't done yeah. it. But what does he do after a loss? He says, we need money. We need players. Give me yeah. the money. Give me the players. And they are, from what I understand, Shane, they are, uh, you know, it's not that that Ole Miss got more money than anybody. I, I think they're very comparable to, to most teams. But they are doing the best job right now when it comes to NIL. And and they, they're very, very vocal about it. And it's completely legal. So, uh, more power to him for knocking it out of the park. But I think this is this could be an equalizer. And, and this is, again, why Nick Saban and Kirby Smart were some of the biggest against it for years and years. I got an uh, interesting story I'll tell you about Oklahoma in just a second. But I, I love it because all of a sudden, if I'm an Ole Miss fan, it was, well, not if you're an Ole Miss fan, but it, I guess if you're the rest of the SEC, it was laughable to say Ole Miss can win a national championship. But yeah. if I'm an Ole Miss fan now, again, you're not going to be the favorites. I get it. But I think you can realistically see a path to the playoff. Mm -hmm. And who knows what happens once you punch your ticket to that 12-team playoff. You know what? Well, think about it. I mean, when we found out that Texas and Oklahoma were joining the SEC, if I told you in that same sentence that coming into that first season Ole Miss would be considered a, a – 
dark horse for a uh, college football playoff win. You know, you'd, you'd called me nuts, but that's that's what this NIL has brought. You know, it's like uh, it's like a movie. Moneyball, you know, yeah. it's like Ole Miss has Jonah Hill down there. I, I'm surprised nobody's put <laughs> Pete Golding's hair on onto Jonah. You know, like I, I think that'd be a good character for it. And they figured it out. They figured out the game right now on on how to get. I mean, they didn't just go out and get some talent. They went out and got like the talent. A lot. I mean, they, I mean. I'm not saying that other schools didn't get some players too, because obviously you're listening to this podcast, you, you follow your team. There's 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 been several other in the portal go other places, but they went out and they got premier players. You know they're looking at potentially landing Nolan, which is you know the number one guy, Juice Wells, potentially the number one receiver. They're that's that's what they're bringing to Ole Miss, and that's why it's just mind blowing. Because four years ago, I never would have saw this scenario happening. Right. And then I told you, uh, I teased a little Oklahoma story, Shane. So it, uh, Ole Miss, or excuse me, Oklahoma, they're going to have an entirely new starting offensive line next season. And they have a, a star freshman, or at least they had one, by the name of Caden Green. And he projected to uh, you know, maybe be an outstanding tackle moving forward. But the story is, Shane, fr- he's freshman All-American. He went to Oklahoma and said... Hey, th- this is what I want. It, I don't know. I don't know what the figure is, but this is what I want. And they said, "Well, that's that's a high number." And he said, "Well, that's that's what it's going to take." And then they came back and said, "All right, here's your number." And he said, "I'll talk to you later," and 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 just left. So the theory is that your Missouri Tigers, and I'm not saying they did this because I don't, I have no idea, but somebody offered him that that figure. I would think. And he took it to Oklahoma and just bargained with them. And he didn't think they'd match, but they did. And he left anyway. So that's that's the popular rumor. But again, that's life in the SEC, Shay. So that's there's good and there's bad about the portal. Uh, what would you think about your beloved Mizzou Tigers, Shane, if that were to happen to him? If Oklahoma was about to lose, you know, he's not the best player on the team or anything, but he, he may have been in a season or two, perhaps losing him to Mizzou. Yeah, I, I mean, they're kind of creating a little rivalry through recruiting here, aren't they? I mean, this isn't the first Oklahoma-Mizzou uh, uh, argument right. we've seen. So I kind of like this, you know, in the offseason. But, again, this, these are teams that are that are hitting that, that you wouldn't expect. You know, whoever thought a battle between Oklahoma and Mizzou would go Mizzou's way? Uh, or, or you see South Carolina starting to get some heat here on the on the portal. Right. Uh, a lot of teams, Mississippi State, very active this weekend. You know, you're, these teams can rebuild overnight, and, and it's now become this. Well, it's not just like where's the hot place, but it's like okay, where's the hot place, but that can also benefit me and my family. And and I and that's what we're trying to do is is we're trying to find that balancing act. And some of these coaches, these old school coaches, they weren't ready for that, you right. know. But they don't think that this next generation is it. This next generation is watching where these others are failing and where these others are succeeding. And that's why it gets harder and it's going to get harder and harder to navigate this this NIL portal situation. Right, and I should have added this, Shane. So, so Caden Green, the lineman, he's he is from Missouri. So, yeah. and and they recruited him in high school too. And then after all this went down, 
Oklahoma head coach Brent Venables comes out of press conference and says, we want the guys that want to be here. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like no. okay, okay, good luck with that mentality. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we had that same conversation, you know, every day. You're like, if you don't want to be here, Shane, don't be here. I'll be here, Mike. <laughs> but, uh, hey, how about this news? Because this kind of caught me off guard too, Shane. I, I don't know if it's official yet, but uh, Matt Zinich of mm-hmm. – uh, 24-7 sports, he's like the Adam Schefter of, of college football news, Shane. He's all over these these transfers and who's going in the portal, who's coming out. He's saying Vanderbilt quarterback A.J. Swan is going to be a Gamecock. Yeah. How about it? Where, again, I, I don't. this doesn't mean that uh, Lenora Sellers, their, their freshman quarterback, it's, it's, I don't think it's a total indictment of him. But to me, Shane, this, this says that, uh, well, it's, it's one of two things if you're South Carolina, Shane. It says to me that, hey, we know we got to have a big season. We've got to have a quarterback ready to play next season. Otherwise, you know, things could go sideways quickly. So they they, they want to ensure that they have some depth, e- either that or they need, they think Sellers may need a, a year before he is a starting quarterback. And keep in mind, A.J. Swan's got multiple years of eligibility. Yeah. So this, uh, what do you make of this? A Vanderbilt quarterback, A.J. Swan to South Carolina. Well, anybody that's you know that's listening to the show knows I'm a huge fan of AJ Swan. I I, I thought he was going to have a breakout year this year. He, he was a name that had some talent around him, but problem is he didn't have any offensive line and you know fought for his life. It's a gamecock <laughs> now, yeah. Shane. Well, they better be active in that offensive line department, you know, because <laughs> that's what they need. And I think if given time. A.J. Swan is one of those guys that really can just take – I'm not saying he's going to be the God's gift to football or anything like that, but this is a top-shelf quarterback, and if he has the opportunity to, to work his progressions, you, gonna, you're not going to have as big of a drop-off as you thought when you lost Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I wanted to kick it over to uh, Hugh Freeze, Shay, because this goes back to what you were – just talking about of, of just the calendar and how crazy it is. And Auburn, I thought, did a really good job when Hugh got there of attacking via the transfer portal. Yeah. You know, they got uh, several running backs. They, they reworked the, the offensive line immediately. They got several receivers. Uh, they did a good job. Now, Hugh's here saying this year, I don't know. I don't know if we if we did it. Uh, the, as best as we could. So let's kick it over to Hugh Freeze. Interesting comments. Then I wanted to ask you about it on the other side. Hugh, uh, the transfer portal, I know you can't go into specifics on who y'all are going after right now, but this this early window at the time it, as it is, how do you feel like you, you guys have been able to handle that and trying to you know manage that knowing that you also got high school recruiting and bowl prep and all, all that stuff? Um, don't think I've handled it very well, truthfully. <laughs> I, I've uh, We want to build this program through high school. Um, for the most part. Having said that, I don't know that you can ever isolate yourself into saying that's what's going to happen because you don't know how many you're going to lose um, at, at this time, if that makes sense. So you can you can plan to, hey, we're going to replace these 20 seniors with 20 high schoolers, but then all of a sudden you have 30 spots and you haven't recruited uh, enough high schoolers for those spots, and obviously you have to go to the portal then. And um, I think our calendar is extremely messed up. I don't think it's good for – um, high school recruiting, portal recruiting, managing your own team, getting ready for bowl prep. I, I think our calendar needs a serious, serious look at it um, 
to to for for what's best for our game. Um, so it's been it's it's hard for any of us to to truly manage all of it truthfully. Yeah, so that's I mean that's kind of an interesting comment, don't you think, Shane? Where you, you know you, you don't maybe you don't necessarily think about it like that, but a lot of coaches they want to emphasize the high school recruiting. Yeah. You know, maybe we take twenty to twenty-two guys, and then we take five portal guys. But but hell, if you if that's your plan, and then you got eight guys that you just signed a year ago that hit the portal, all of a sudden your numbers are wonky. Um, I mean, it's just. Again, these guys are making a, a ton of money. I, I don't really feel bad for them, but it's just you got to imagine it. It hurts the product at the end of the get, or the you know the overall team, the locker room, everything, and and how good they can actually make these these teams year in year out. When uh, you just never know who's going to be on the roster. Not you know it used to be you don't know if a guy's going to be here next season. You don't know if a guy's going to be here next week. These days, you know <laughs> that's true. That's true. But it's tough for me to listen to millionaires complain about how tough their <laughs> schedules are, you know? So, obviously, it is not easy with Transfer Portal. we got early signing, coaches leaving, coaches coming. Uh, we've got bowl game preps. It, yeah, there's there's a lot going on right now. Oh, and the holidays, you know? You can only imagine, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the family token on there. But – what if you but, said we were about to land someone, but I had to go out and get the wife a present? You know what I mean? Yeah. Christmas right around the corner. Come on. We'd understand if it was you. You're like, okay, I get it. You, you do that, man. Uh, but, but, again, here is a coach that is going to figure it out. You know, he, and in fact, he's already there. He had a couple of Georgia boys there this weekend. You know, Auburn's on a short list for a lot of these guys in the portal and – I'm not going to – and that's one thing I think gets overlooked. You're talking about 100 kids on your, your roster. How many actually hit the portal? A very small percent. So, you know, recruiting is still going to be the base of your college football team. And I and I hate that it's kind of losing a little bit of its luster because of this portal, you know, st- talk. But right. uh, it's, it's still very, very important part of uh, the fundamentals of college football today. Right. This time of year, a couple of years ago, Shane, it was all about bowl prep, obviously, but but high school recruiting. Yeah. That's what was all the attention was on. But now all the reports, you know, all the news, it's all transfer portal, transfer portal, transfer portal. And, you know, it, it's I think kind of Lane Kiffin saw it coming, obviously, and, and yeah. several others that have as well. And it's just it's what the sport is because you, you could sign some great high school p- yeah. talent, but by the time they're ready to play, they, they could be gone. Well, look who's having the most success at it right now. You know, like I said, it's 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 a it's a certain kind of coach that is that is having the most success. But I'm not saying that these old schools, you know, hard nosed coaches. That if you don't want to be here, you know, eventually they'll figure it out because they'll hire people around them that understand it. And when that happens, that's that's what I'm worried about. You know, when when these big programs really take initiative on the NIL and maybe have a larger bank account than a team like Ole Miss or or Missouri, you know, what what does it look like then? So that's that's my only concern is it's kind of a preview of what could happen right. in the future. Now, I don't know if you saw this, Shane, but I just want to do, uh, you know, the audience keep them up to date as possible. Carson Beck. Uh, at a charity event over the weekend, he said, "Hey, I'm playing in the Orange Bowl. There's so there's no concern over whether he is uh, 
you know, not going to play in that game against yeah. Florida State. But, of course, you know, quick follow-up, you go into the NFL, you know, what's going on with that? He's, he's, he does not have a decision. And he said it was the – it's the this is the hardest decision of his life. So, uh, Carson Beckman, he's still on the fence, it sounds like. And, and, and you know, I, I've seen a lot of Georgia people, you know, they expect him back, should be any day now. And it's been going on for about two weeks, Shane. Right. So the fact that it's getting drug out, again, that's, that doesn't mean he's not coming back. But I'm trying to think of a, of, a, of a decision that looms larger in the SEC than Carson Beck's right now. I, I don't know that there is one short of maybe Quinn Ewers at Texas. If, you know, if, if Texas wins the national championship, yeah. he may have a decision to make on, on whether he wants to come back or not. It you know it's been reported that he's he's leaning towards coming back, but who knows if he gets red hot in the playoff? Jalen Milrose already committed to coming back, but do you think there's is there any players that their decision looms larger than Carson Beck's right now? No, not right now. Um, you know because we we all still think that Georgia is a college football playoff contender, and right. and, and, and you know ultimately probably still going to be ranked if not first at least second in the sec next year coming in i mean I, yeah i i think this is a big part of it and and getting back back i i think is one big piece you don't have to worry about because if you if you know it's easy to say well we've got plenty of talent that could step in you know a lot of teams say that you know uh yours was not supposed to be the guy <laughs> you know i mean uh, he's become the guy and uh you know sometimes that happens it's like you have like okay this guy's going to step in you know we'll lose a but b will come in it doesn't always work like that you know exactly what you got with beck and beck can be a guy that could take you to the the promised land if you let him you know now, cover your ears, Georgia fans, because I'm about to <laughs> say something you're probably not going to like, Shane. Is it better for the SEC overall if Carson Beck were to go pro? Because, uh, and, and hear me out on this, because basically I'm, I'm not saying Georgia's is uh, for sure going to make the playoff next year uh, with him. But I, like you said, I mean, they'll probably be top two at worst in the preseason. I mean, they're, they're yeah. going to be probably the favorite to win the national championship, if not two or three, if he comes back, if he doesn't, again, it's not going to, it's not going to, uh, you know, destroy their entire chances. They'll, they'll still, they'll be right. If, if he decides to come back, Shane, they're probably preseason one or two. If he doesn't, they're probably all the way down to like preseason four. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> it's not going to kill them, but it, it opens up the SEC just a just a hair more do you think it's better for the SEC if he goes pro for, for basically the rest of the teams is what I'm saying I think it's best for the rest of the teams if he does go pro yeah and, and, and one of the reasons that I'm looking at Mike is schedule you know Georgia opens up next year with Clemson they got Kentucky week three and Alabama week four you know we got to see Jalen grow up but it took him a while to get going. It took him more than four weeks. Playing the way Jalen did at the start of the season, if he had if he had a schedule like that, mm-hmm. Alabama's not in the college football playoffs right now. So, again, it's that plug and play. I'm more worried about bringing an unproven guy in and asking him to, to immediately impact my team because you cannot afford a slow start next year with this schedule. 
Uh, Bobby G says, Carson Beck, breaking news, transfer to Vanderbilt. Mm. That, that's <laughs> Bobby G saying it, not me. <laughs> but, hey, uh, right as we were going uh, live here, Shay, breaking news, Mario Anderson, South Carolina running back. Yeah. Transfer to Memphis. Oh, what a mistake. I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah. You went down a level. We got Rocket and you left. Oh, uh, hey, sometimes go, jumping in that portal, Shane, is not the best career move. You know what? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how much playing time he would have got, but I would imagine, given Rocket Sanders' injury history and stuff like that, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's that whole grass is greener and we we all know those guys you've worked with them for like six months and then they're like hey i got it yeah, then you talk to them like three months later like you got you love it over here and then three months later they've moved on to something else you know so I, that sometimes that portal will create that buzz that hey life can be better if i jump in there but you know i i think what should be kind of highlighted a little bit more are these kids removing their names from it uh look at uh what's his name dingle up there in kentucky that's one of those kids that just jumped in saw what he was worth and ended up staying at kentucky and i think he'll be better for it so right. um yeah th there's going to be more of that like oopsies okay uh, maybe i'm not <laughs> as valuable as as on three said i was you know? <laughs> quick little break from the show to remind you guys we're brought to you by my bookie Head on over to mybookie.ag today and put in that promo code that SEC, T H A T S E C, over at MyBookie Online Sportsbook. They're willing to give our audience a $200 exclusive cash bonus today to wager on these bowl games, NFL, NFL playoffs will be right around the corner, college football playoffs. All the sports, they got you covered over at mybookie.ag today. And don't forget, most importantly, that promo code, that SEC is the number one way to help support the show this football season. Head on over to mybookie.ag today. Put in that promo code, that SEC. All new users get a free $200 cash bonus just for signing up and using that promo code. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Don't forget the Prize Picks. Daily Fantasy Sports, the go-to site for Daily Fantasy Sports is none other than Prize Picks, And with that promo code SEC, they are willing to match your initial deposit up to 100 bucks. So you can have 200 bucks in your Prize Picks account today with that promo code SEC. Help the podcast stay independent. I know football is winding down, but there's still lots of football action to get in on before it all comes to a sad, depressing end. Head on over to Prize Picks promo code SEC and that SEC over at mybookie.ag today. We don't ask for much. We just ask take advantage of these sponsorship opportunities if you can afford to do it. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real Brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. 
The podcast is also brought to you by GameTime. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code THATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. GameTime is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code that. SEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And now back to the show. All right, Shed. So, hey, you know what? We realized right before we went live, man, we haven't even talked much about these bowl games because yeah. they just seem like, you know, they're so far off. I mean, we are more than a week away from uh, the first SEC bowl game, Shane, is Wednesday, December 27th. So 10 days from now, a lot going on. But I thought it would be kind of fun to, uh, to discuss these real quick about, you know, which games will mean the most for their team, their program, the coach, you know, any way you want to look at it moving forward with an eye towards next season. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes. So let me run down the bowls real quick. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not really counting the playoff in this discussion because for Alabama, Texas, of course, you, you know, the ultimate goal is, is to win the national championship. So right. very easily could put Alabama, Michigan, or Texas, Washington, both on January 1st. But for this exercise, uh, just because that's kind of like a league of its own, I'm not really counting them. But I'll just go in order of the bowl games here, Shane. Texas A&M versus Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl on uh, December 27th. That's our first SEC one. Oklahoma versus Arizona, Shane, in the Alamo. Remember the Alamo Bowl <laughs> the, uh, on, on Thursday, December 28th. Kentucky versus Dabo with Clemson up there, Shane, in the Gator Bowl on Friday. How about that? Mizzou versus Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl on December 29th. Then we got Ole Miss, Penn State in the Peach Bowl on Saturday, December 30th. Auburn at Maryland, Music City Bowl also on December 30th. Georgia versus Florida State in the Orange Bowl also December 30th. And then LSU, Wisconsin, Relia Quest Bowl January 1st. And Tennessee versus Iowa in the Citrus Bowl Monday, January 1st. So which one of those, Shane? Does any anyone jump out to you? That it's it's almost like a I don't know if must win is the right word, but just kind of the program really needs it to propel into the offseason, looking ahead to next season. Is is there one or two that really jumps out? Because I'm all over one. I'm just kind of curious what you have to think. Well, one in particular obviously is going to stand out in everybody's eyes is the Georgia Florida State game. Uh, I think there's a lawyer down there that's making this, trying to get this uh, <laughs> a, an ad one to the college football playoff. So, you know, all that noise on why you should be in the college football playoff is coming from both of these teams. And there's a real opportunity for Georgia to prove to everybody that Florida State should not, that you didn't miss anything with the Seminole. I think it's almost 
more for the SEC than it is actually Georgia fans. Uh, or You know what I'm saying? So I, that's the one that really stands out to me if you're talking about a must win. Um, I think it's just better for the brand if Georgia and, – and you got to you remember Georgia's lost a lot here in this transfer portal. They lost some coaches. Things aren't so positive. You don't know if your quarterback's going to come back. There's a lot of things lingering down. Kirby Smart, I've seen him in a Chargers uh, jacket. I've seen him in a, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> New England Patriots. I've seen him all over the place. Uh, you know, we, we, it, I know Kirby's not going to the NFL, but there's that's the negativity that's floating around your campus right now. So I think a, a big win's needed with the Georgia Bulldogs. Right, and I mean, how great would it be, Shane? This Florida State, they're demanding they should be in the playoff, all this, yeah. and they get whooped by the Georgia Bulldogs by like 14, 20 points. I mean, how, yeah. how marvelous would that be? I would love it. I would love it to be like 28 nothing in the first quarter, and we're just like, these, <laughs> these damn guys thought they should be in the top four, you know? <laughs> now, the one I got my eye on, Shane, I think this is the, maybe the biggest one for an SEC program. Yeah. You might call me crazy here, Shane. Mizzou versus Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl because we have respect for Mizzou. Loyal fans here, they believe in their program. They believe in, in the moves they're making. I'm starting to believe too, Shane, that they, they'll be in the 12-team playoff conversation next season as well. But I think nationally they don't have the respect yet. You know, I think they people just think it's, it's Alabama and Georgia down here and everybody else. Mm-hmm. When I think Mizzou was right on that same level, had Mizzou hosted Georgia, maybe they would have been a different outcome for that game. Maybe had they played Alabama, I think there's a good you could argue Mizzou would have beat Alabama this year. They yeah. just they didn't play each other. But everybody knows Ohio State. And I think most people assumed Ohio State, Mizzou, mismatch, Ohio State's gonna kill them. Not that I'm saying that, but I think some people believe that, Shane. If Mizzou's legit, if they're here to stay. I think winning nationally televised Cotton Bowl over Ohio State, I think that does tremendous things for Drink and his Missouri program looking ahead to next season. What's your thoughts on that? The kids call it street cred, Mike, you know? (laughs) And that's exactly what Mizzou would get beating Ohio State. And and this is something you you think Drink is trolling now, buddy. Wait till after a Buckeye win. He's going to, he's going to remind the entire country that they should have been considered in the top four, brother. I mean, this is, this is a team that is already building a resume, you know, for the college football playoffs next year. Only 12 teams are going to get in. And you could show, you could put on the tape and say, hey, look, this program is legit. We're deep. We can beat anybody you put on that field. It, 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 we just reload now. We, you know, we don't rebuild. So right. I, I think you're, you are 100% correct. In fact, when you asked me, this is the first one I went to, but I settled with the Georgia because I really think you would have went the opposite way of which, <laughs> whichever one I went. Now, how about uh, Tennessee versus Iowa in the Citrus Bowl, Shane? Because I think Iowa, you know, well-coached team. We all, we've all heard the jokes. Great defense, awful on offense. They don't get any respect. Nor should they with, with with that league they play in and the brand of football they got. But if Tennessee loses, Shane, I, I'm going to have some serious questions about Josh Heupel. He's a one hit wonder. Eight and five looks a lot different than nine and four in my book. Um, I think there's, you know, again, we're not going to run a coach off for losing a damn Iowa yeah. in the bowl game. But I think there will be, I don't know. I, I think it'll be 
there'll be a, a long, long offseason for Heupel and company if they lose this game. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, obviously you worry a little bit with this one because, you know, when you're, you're – you're okay, you're not in the college football playoffs. We've got kids that have transferred out. We've got kids declaring for the draft. You know, just how – Focus, because this is where, where SEC gets us sometimes, Mike's in these damn bowl games. And you're going against a team like Iowa that, you know, it's like either we're playing college football or we're going back to, you know, the farm, you know, cutting corn or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are we going to do? Let's play football. You know, they're all going to show up and you're going to get the bet. You're going to get an Iowa team from week eight. And, and I don't think you're going to get that from Tennessee Vols. I think there's going to be a natural little step back because of uh, what we've lost in this in this time. But, uh, you know, again, Tennessee didn't – as the two names stand out that went to the portal, but they did not lose that many players yet in the transfer portal. And, and so that, that shows me that there's still a lot of buy-in for the Tennessee Vols. So it's a big win because there's been a lot of negativity floating around that program – you know, we got guys like SEC Mike saying one hit wonder. Get that shit out of here, Mike. <laughs> we all know Josh Hopple's the guy. We just got to get the right players. We've got a we, we've got a real shot here to kind of springboard into next season. So that's why I think Tennessee win. And however it happens, whether it be we start seeing some of these young names emerge in this game, you know. But it's got to give us some some hope for 2024 season, right? Well, and then Patrick in the comments, he says, Cousin Shane doesn't sound very confident while you were talking. I think you got more confident as you were going on there, though. Yeah, you, you, can, you can almost see the conversation. I'm running down. <laughs> like, you ever, you ever watch that movie, uh, oh, what is the name of it, where, where he goes in his – it's like an alien movie. And, and maybe the listeners know, but the guy could, could go in his brain and he goes around like different rooms and he's looking in drawers, trying to find memories and stuff like that. <laughs> Do you remember that one? Like they were trying to poison the water hole. I uh, thought you were going to go hangover with all the numbers in the guy's head. No, 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 no. <laughs> but that's how I imagine sometimes like when I'm, I'm going down like depression side of the house, you know, and I'm like, what am I doing here? I like the optimistic <laughs> side, you know? So I go over there and I think that's, where I'm at is uh, Tennessee, obviously, we're going to get to the picks later, but, you know, this is big for, for Vol Nation to come in here and win this game, but also win it in a fashion that gives you optimism for 2024. Mm. All right, let me ask you this, though, Shed. All this old Miss hype, New Year's Six game, Peach Bowl against Penn State. Yeah, Penn State's another one I don't have much respect for. They, they always get hyped. They always lose to Michigan, lose to Ohio State. Only two teams they play. They they rarely get a win against either of them. You could spin it the other way and say same thing about Lane Kiffin. Lose to Georgia, lose to Bama. You know, what's these big games? He's, he beat LSU. Okay, that's nice. But oh, will any of the luster go off this Ole Miss hype train if they lose in the Peach Bowl? And maybe even more important than lose, but – Remember last bowl season, I, I get it, it's completely different circumstances, but the the end of the season was awful, and they basically no-showed the bowl game. I don't think we can I don't think we can justify another no-show at the very yeah. like we can lose, we shouldn't lose, but if even if we do, we gotta look competitive in this game, don't you think? This is this is big game just because Ole Miss is now on a pedestal. And right. and, and obviously 
the talent they've acquired will not be on this field during this game. And I, and I don't think any of them are going to change their mind because the outcome of this football game, but you know, national perspective, will we love tearing down teams. We love, I, that's just, if you get on Twitter right now, they love just being mean. And, and, you know, I mean, look at Colorado as, as much public, you know, positivity has come out for what Dion's doing there. There's also a, a large group of people that remind you that they didn't make a bowl game, and they remind you of every loss that they took last year and that they finished last. So I, I think, you know, it's like a seesaw. And, and Ole Miss has got a lot of positive going on, but there's a lot of people that are negative that are just waiting for something bad to happen. And a loss in this game would be I – think, I think it would be a black eye moving into 2024. I love this comment from Bobby G. Shane. He says, Penn State is Big Ten's Ole Miss. I mean. <laughs> God, I hate Penn State too, man. Well, a lot of people hate Lane Kiffin. So, I mean, yeah. to Bobby's point, maybe that is a, a great comparison. How about this one, though, James Shane? Franklin mm-hmm. and, and Lane Kiffin, 50-yard line boxing match. Who you got? I think Kiffin is uh, – he, he talks a good game, but I, yeah. I don't think he can back it up. Oh, you don't think so? I think he'd cheat <laughs> a little bit. Not unless it's a yoga match or something. <laughs> yeah, you know that – there's that cheating going on about what's his name. I can't remember the boxer, but that he was closing his fist inside the glove like right there and that he was cheating. So I'm wondering if, if maybe uh, Lane Kiffin could get away with something like that. They're saying it'd be a slap fest in the uh... – <laughs> 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 oh, how about this one, Shane? Speaking of pressure, I, I legitimately think there could be some. Of course, you know, he cooled it by beating Louisville, but I, I think Mark Stoops, Clemson, I think that a, a win like that, you get a lot of respect nationally. Again, I don't think Clemson – I think they're horribly overrated. But, again, if, if – Kentucky can beat Clemson in a Gator Bowl. I think that'd be big for Kentucky. And I also think if they get embarrassed, not that they, I think they will, but if that happens, you know, because we got guys like Ray Davis suiting up for the bowl game, they'll, they'll be ready. But I don't know if Mark Stoops can afford a a loss after all that uh, Texas A&M flirtation. Well, I, I, this was the third one on my list. If we were picking, because I think this would be a big win. You know, a lot of people didn't, especially SEC, probably didn't follow Clemson that that much. But you're right. Clemson is not a good team. And it just looks great. Don't it just look good beating Clemson? Yeah. So I, I, I think that would be very, very important, not just for, for Kentucky, but SEC fans watching Clemson go down. Everybody can get behind that one. Um, so – can it happen? Absolutely. This, you know, this is projected to be a very close game. Uh, neither, t- I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know. You know, I haven't done any research on Clemson and what they kept or what they lost. But you know, that that's another team that will be limping in to this uh, to this bowl game. So I think that plays favor. And and Mark Stoops needs a win. He just needs some positivity right now. He needs some, you know. Uh, I said street cred. He needs a little Lexington street cred, you know, <laughs> saying, hey, man, we're, we're going to win some more ball games down here. I ain't going nowhere. Yep. And then the, the only other one on my list, Shane, that, that I think, again, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but Oklahoma versus Arizona in the Alamo Bowl, mm-hmm. their quarterback's already up and left. He went to Oregon. Their offensive coordinator up, and now he's Mississippi State's head coach. They just lost, they're losing their entire offensive line. 
uh, defense getting some playmakers back for the Sooners. But again, this will be an interesting game, Shay, because they're they're turning the page. New all well, not new offense, but new new play caller and a new quarterback, Jackson Arnold, who's a star freshman. He played a little bit this year, looked great. But this could give. Let's say Oklahoma just destroys Arizona, and, and yeah. remember, Arizona's a. They got beat by Mississippi State. I didn't follow them very closely, but they they were ranked for much of the year. Um, I, I think that was that's one of the best non conference wins the SEC got this year was was Mississippi State being Arizona. So this is a quality team. But if Oklahoma was to beat the hell out of them and give us a little preview of what they're going to look like in the SEC, I think that would. That would really help them moving forward. I I don't think a loss kills them by any means, but I I will be very interested in this game. What what day is that game on again? That this will be Thursday, December twenty eighth. No other SEC bowl game, so I you think bet, that's you, big. You better believe I'll be watching it. Yeah, I thought it was alone, and I, and I think that's important because there's going to be more SEC fans watching Texas, you know, Oklahoma right. moving forward, you know, to kind of have the spotlight to yourself. More more eyes are going to be on it because we're all curious what what kind of programs coming into the SEC. Um, so this is kind of like a a sampler, an appetizer, you know, and I say a blooming onion, if you will. <laughs> so I think that's what's coming to the table here, and I think a big win would kind of catapult what they're going to be bringing into twenty four. So yeah, they, they can't afford to lose this game. And then the only other one, Shane, and I I don't, I don't really think because of the circumstances, there's much pressure or or anything. Uh, that's going to be held against any of these programs or coaches if they if they unfortunately lose. And I'm talking Texas A&M versus Oklahoma State in the Texas yeah. Bowl because obviously they already fired Jimbo. Elko's not coaching in this game, so it's kind of, you know, it is what it is. Auburn versus Maryland in the Music City Bowl, I think, just getting to a bowl game, that was kind of the goal for year one. You, you'd obviously like to cap it with a win, but – I don't know that that anyone's going to hold that against Hugh Freeze. And then LSU-Wisconsin, it doesn't sound like Jane Daniels is going to play. I don't think a, a final determination has been made. I don't know if any of the receivers, standout receivers anyway, are going to play. And so if, if those guys don't play, it's kind of hard for me to really hold it against because who knows what you're going to get. Would you disagree with any of those LSU-Wisconsin, Auburn-Maryland, A&M-Oklahoma State, any, any of those no. that you'd put on your list? Not not must wins, but I, I obviously must views. I, I like, you know, Oklahoma State. They play next year, uh, week two against Arkansas, Wisconsin, and uh, is it Alabama? No, who's Wisconsin got? Yeah, yeah, uh, Alabama yeah. at Wisconsin, yeah. week yeah. three. So again, early matchup. So we could kind of see a little bit. Uh, of of what they plan on playing, at least their style and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there is that intriguing side of it. And then what was the other one? Maryland? Let's Maryland, just, Auburn, yeah. and the Music City let's Bowl. Just, let's just kick their ass and get it over with, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes Maryland. <laughs> I was just I was just checking here real quick, Shane, to see if Ole Miss got any more commits while we've been talking oh, here. God. You just never know with them, you know what? I seriously, I thought he was going to take you there for a second when you didn't come online. I was like, damn, Lake Kiffin done recruited him to Ole Miss. But hey, uh, hey, that's why that's you know that's why you got to you got to stay on top of this stuff, man. You take a couple of days off, dude. I had no idea. In fact, you told me you were going live, and I was like, for KJ? I mean, we all kind of knew he was leaving. And right. then I was, and so I jumped online, and I and I saw the two Tennessee boys. I was like, damn it, you know. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, what you real quick? I didn't get. You know, we didn't get to talk about KJ. Uh, what you? What do you think? What are you thinking about that situation? Very interesting, Shane. Very interesting. And um, again, I think um, would have loved to seen him come back to Arkansas, but I, I certainly understand his decision because I don't think he helped his stock. In fact, I, I know he didn't. I think he heard it. Yeah. Playing at Arkansas this year with uh, you know, no offensive line and. Lack of uh, this. This is the worst receiving core that he's had since he's been at Arkansas. So yeah, uh, you know it, it's going to be a money year for him, Shane. And I don't mean go get it in the NIL, which yeah. I'm sure he's going to get. But I, what I mean is, you know, this is going to decide whether he's got a future in the game of football. So I think he's got to be very particular with where he goes, the right fit. But I think mm-hmm. there's a ton of options out there, several in the SEC that I would love to see him go to, including an, an Auburn. Or maybe even an LSU. I mean, he tore them up this year. So uh, I think there's a lot of places that would improve overnight. And, and maybe one that we've not heard since uh, the initial KJ speculation. Of course, they just got AJ Swan, but maybe South Carolina with Dow Loggins. That would probably make more sense than just about any of them. Yeah. But uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I have not heard anywhere that he's attached to just yet. Okay. Well, what, one last thing I want to ask you before you head out, Mike. At not not counting, let's say, well, we'll count everybody. Everybody that has transferred into the SEC or within the SEC, mm-hmm. which one makes the biggest impact immediately? Ooh. Which which one, like which team like took a monumental step forward by acquiring this particular athlete? Monumental. So can I go with someone that's not committed yet or do I have to do just committed? Uh, let's do committed right now. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. Damn. Cause there's a couple of Shane that are about to commit. That would be my answer, but, uh, I'm trying to think. All right. All right. Well, who are you thinking? Now you got me. Now you got me on. Let's do, can we do both? Yeah, we can do both. It's yeah, our show. We'll, we'll do both. <laughs> I you know do, us. <laughs> I, I'm going to say Trevor ETN to Georgia. Yeah. Because I yeah. think that's happening. I think that would be, <laughs> you want to talk instant impact. Uh, it not only would that be great for Georgia, it'd break the hearts of a lot of Florida fans out there. So I think that's huge. I was going to say Walter Nolan, if he goes to Ole Miss, I think that's huge. Yeah. Uh, I think Juice Wells, you know, that's the actual one that's actually happened to Ole Miss. I mean, that could be great too. He's, you know, he was banged up last year. If he can get healthy, I mean, he's he's just he's on another level. You know, we yeah. had a preseason All American for a reason. Those are kind of the ones that are standing out to me right now. Are, are there any that jump out to you? No, I, I think I think the juice one is is the I don't know kind of stands out. But you know, one thing one that I think could be potentially a, a home run is Rocket Sanders to South Carolina. I think that's a dude that, if healthy, we've seen. I mean, we made an argument, Mike, coming into the season that he was the best running back, if not, you know, at least the second best running back in the country. And you know, it, it's kind of we forgot about that. You know, I, I I think South Carolina hit a home run there, and and that was a big get. And that's there's a, maybe a reason why Mario left because he knew he was not going to get any playing time. Right, and, and then there's one. As you're sitting here talking, you got me thinking, Shane, that I have not gone all in thinking this is going to be a, a big addition. 
Yeah. But I'll be happy to be proven wrong because it'll make the SEC way more interesting. We have got all the the faith in the world in Liam Cohen up there at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. He was dialing up some plays. It didn't work out, Devin Leary, you know, to the level they wanted it to. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, Will Levis underperformed, but you got to remember that was Cohen left for the Rams in his first year really took off. If they can get Brock Vandegrift, if they can unlock all that potential yeah. that he's got, and again, it's I don't know how you you say what, what they should be even expecting because we've not seen him in any meaningful action in college football. But if he takes off, if, if he's an instant impact, day one starter, and he's that five-star that he was – that you know the recruiting rankings had him, I think we could be sitting here saying Brock Vandegrift was maybe the one – that uh, we didn't give enough uh, credit to uh, or, yeah. or attention to landing because that, that could be a game-breaker for Kentucky. Mm. All right, man. I just I, – I, I do like it because you, you, don't, you think of these juice wells. You know, I never thought about that at Ole Miss and what that could look like. And you talk about unlocking potential. What is – you know, uh, Mizzou locking down the, a cornerback, best cornerback in the country. What does that do to that defense? You know, there's there's so many intriguing storylines coming out. One one storyline probably going under the radar is uh, Mississippi State landed two tight ends. Right. Did you see that? Last name Balls, two balls with the with the Mississippi State. How, how's that not a storyline yet? <laughs> well, Jay, I, I had no idea you were going to say that, but I did have one more, and it and it's right on that theme that that is not getting enough attention, and that is uh, Mississippi State landed a quarterback, Shane Blake yeah. Shapen from Baylor. He's been banged up, he's missed time, but when he's been in there, he's been great. And Jeff Levy, everywhere he's been the last several yeah. years. At uh, Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel went off the charts. At Ole Miss, Matt Corral, best football he's ever played. Central Florida, under Josh Heupel, they had incredible quarterback plays. If Jeff Levy can get the most out of Blake Chapin instantly, I think Mississippi State's going to have a very fun, dynamic offense. And those fans deserve it after watching the product they put on the field last year. You know what? (laughs) Well, if anybody can get production out of those two balls it's definitely levy i'm telling you keep your eyes out that boy's gonna be special all right buddy well hey i appreciate you as always appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out particularly those on the live show but that's gonna do it for this episode we'll catch you on the next one all right see you guys go balls hey buddy this beer's for you mike and cousin shane That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.